Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour each and every week where we discuss and dissect political talking points designed by both parties, specifically wrapped in a full virtue to seize your liberty. And this week, inundated with how evil it is for us to have unalienable rights and who gets to decide how much of those rights we get to have. And, you know, I was getting ready for the show, and my guy, Macbeth, very tired today. He doesn't feel good. Um, we got a big show we're going to interview. You know, we turned in last week. We had a on-the-spot interview with Mike Izzo. No, 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 not Mike. Not Mike. Dominic, excuse me. I was going to say. Yeah. Mike Izzo is yeah, a guy that he, sued me later on when we were kids. He, I, I forgot to ask Dominic up. if that's his brother. But he anyway. called up. Um, so I was able to meet... Um, Cash Jackson, who is the Libertarian, he's running for the Libertarian nomination for governor, of which I told him, you know, I'm supporting Jeannie Eyes, but I wanted, I wanted to sit down with him because, obviously, if you've listened to the show before, I do not support infringement on liberty, even when it's given to us by Republicans. I recognize it. I resist it. Now, mainly what we talk about is, is pulling back the veil, the, the curtain of the tyranny wrapped in Republicanism or in a Democratic agenda when it's really about turning us into slaves through using government failure. And last week's show, what we talked about was the Keystone Bureau of Investigation. And, you know, I wanted to hit that hard. We got, for instance, did you know, Macbeth, uh, I don't even know if I told you, while we're getting ready for the show, the Florida legislator voted to uh, have Rick Scott down in Florida remove Scott Israel, the sheriff who's been all over, who you find out has been, uh, you know, he's a Democrat candidate. He ran, he won in 2016. Um, but he insisted on really not admitting to exactly how many sheriffs were there and didn't go in to the shooting. So they, they um, voted to have him removed. That happened about 36 minutes ago. I wanted to talk about all the different articles that where you have conflicting statements of how many sheriffs were there, who went in and who didn't go. Well, yeah, the last thing I heard from him was that uh, the student or the uh, school resource officer, the original one, was the only one there while it was happening. Who was a sheriff. Who was a sheriff officer. Who was a sheriff officer. And then the three subsequent officers that showed up or subsequent deputies that showed up uh, were after the fact, after the, uh, the mm-hmm. shooting had stopped and then the local... Police say no. That's not right. exactly true. And then I, you know, they've been prancing around, and it's a shame. But this is exactly how I feel, and I know how, it's how many of you feel, where they're taking this this uh, David Hogg, who is the FBI agent's son, and he is now the figurehead of of uh, exactly, really, of of limiting gun rights. He was also the face of one of He's, the uh, weird uh, Facebook uh, conspiracy theories that he was an actor because he was somewhere else yeah he's not an actor he's just yeah. a kid who's well you know he's, he's, just a kid. He's, he's he's just a kid who was unfortunately he's a, he's he's a kid who was there so we we give him you know i'm not attacking the kid not i am at a, all. No. i am attacking this nonsense of uh, a civic virtue that where all of a sudden these kids are somehow mitigators of our rights without an understanding of exactly why they're there 
and and let us not forget it. he's a, it, it's a tragedy he's he's no, a kid who survived a tragedy yeah. but he's a kid who doesn't get to make or influence legislation and what we're well, witnessing, no, and you have to you have to feel for these kids but the bottom line is when you're when you're in an emotional state that's probably the worst time to make a decision especially a weighty one but so. Macbeth, and you know this and you and i have talked about it for a couple of weeks now what you're witnessing and i saw it early on after september 11th is the trauma of a tragedy and you're witnessing a mob a mob get together and decide to vote away our rights and that was my awakening you know obviously uh we all know where we were if we were alive on September 11th. We all know what happened. We all saw it. I didn't like a lot of the laws that were enacted after September 11th, all for my own safety, right? And that's, and you could trace back the, the, the true intrusion on individual liberty. Um, Did you live through it? We lived through it. And, and here's the other thing. We do, right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We do get an appetite for servitude. That is our nature, and that's why I titled the show Alexis de Tocqueville Was Right. Because I remember back in high school, when I was a high school student, I was lucky enough to be introduced to uh, really the Declaration of Independence, um, where we examined it. You know, we all took that test in eighth grade, right? You all pass that. You have to pass it to get in there. And uh, the Constitution, if you don't pass, you, you, know, you, don't, you don't get out of eighth grade. At least that's how it was. I'm an old man. That's how it was back when they used to fail kids. Now I'm sure they just give you a brownie and pat you on the head and Everybody goes off to high school. And it was through a good high school where we started to examine exactly what separates America. That's why I was disgusted today, or not today, this week, when they had um, the Prime Minister of Australia. And they talked about how they seized all the guns in 1996 and, you know, how it was great. And you hear the reporter's agenda, which has always been, really since the 70s, for a centralized tyranny, a soft despotism. That was only, of course, organized to their their agenda, to their ideals, and to their uh, mitigation of, of liberty, right? It was all about this collectivist vision. So you, you started to see this, this yin and yang, this give and take. And that was really the birth of when you started to have the Libertarian Party and when you started to see a real recognition of what uh, Reagan conservatism is. You saw it develop, and he, fi- he finally won in 80. Now, I don't, listen, unlike most of the people, I don't think Reagan was a god. He did a lot of things I didn't like, but I will say he did some things to uh, reestablish certain liberties that I think since him have been nothing but impugned by each and every administration. Now, Trump, I had... Many times in his name. Many t- and that's what's happening under Trump. And, you know, we'll go into that later in the show about the tariffs and the protectionism and all the nonsense. But there's something that I remember from um, reading Alexis de Tocqueville years and years ago. And he said that he traveled. The, the story, By the way, I do believe you are pronouncing that horrifically that's wrong. That's all right. I'm from Melrose Park. I live in Elmwood Park. It's, it's Alexis de Tocqueville we're in my neighborhood. Okay, tough guy. So that's how we're going to call it for the show. Um, and he's an interesting guy because he was a Frenchman who was born during Napoleon's era he was a, he was he, and he was fascinated with the idea that there would be a country spawned of liberty back then france was in a in recognition of the enlightenment period where it, it it understood that we as individuals have unalienable rights that are not to be governed away by monarchs by tyrants by despots by elected officials so france which is why they gave us the statue of liberty was was kind of um going through that period so he comes to america and um, in the 1800s, I think it was 1830, memory serves me right. And for nine months, he travels the country and he, and he writes um, The Democracy in America. And it becomes two books turned into one. And he said something that, I, that just stuck with me when I was a kid. And it said that the Americans have a heart for liberty. 
and they don't like to be um, cast into servitude. They do not accept rulers. But they also have a passion for equality. And if given the choice, they will give up the liberty in the name of equality. Well, and if, if you go and read, what they meant about equality was this false virtue of a society that got to pick and choose which rights they would recognize for certain people. And as you see a tragedy, and, and, and you know, we're, we all, we're here from Illinois, most of us who are listening to the show right now. We remember when Rahm Emanuel was Barack Obama's um, chief of staff, and we remember when he got caught saying, never let a good tragedy go to waste. I mean, I'm, 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 you didn't get caught saying I'm paraphrasing, I'm paraphrasing, but every time one of these things happens, it, it reminds so never me. let a good crisis go to waste. All right. Very good. It's a Lexi, by the way. All right. Fine. Not a Lexus. All right. I, I, I said for the you show, we do it my you know, way. You complain about the Stop lawmakers gender bending. So now what we're going to do is we're going <laughs> to talk about um, exactly what's happening. This is, a, this is a crisis. And instead of us focusing on all of the things that went wrong. Now, now some of us are doing it. You're seeing certain conservative hosts on Fox, and they've talked about it since the beginning. And now we find out there was an anonymous tip to the FBI from a girl who knew him well, who as, as recently as, as weeks ago called up and said he is claiming on Instagram, he's talking about killing people and all of these things. And, and we're seeing that that's where the focus always should be. And what we've always... What I've always said is that government failure is its greatest strength because it's within that failure that it seizes more and more of our liberty, more and more of our property. And what they're doing now is they're doing it through these survivors and they're doing it through kids and they're doing it through politicians who are afraid of, of a stance, of a position based in liberty, based in virtue, based in, in really in, in a fundamental principle of our country, which is the unalienable right of the citizen. So now we're hearing all of this talk of how certain kids... You shouldn't be able to buy a long gun, and, and they can tweak the numbers. I was always, I still don't know why we, we didn't, don't have an age cutoff. I mean, the Vegas shooter was an old man. So why don't we just make it, you know, the way the militia was first described. Well, it was between a certain age. It was, well, the militia in the, in the Constitution age. was 16 to 45. Yeah, serviceable That's age. After that, you're useless after 45, right? So I don't know why we... Well, we, you tell me. Well, what, what you I have here is, is what socialists realize, is that this, the, the seed of tyranny, just needs to be planted and it will grow. So what they want is just a, a way in which to erode this particular um, unalienable right to defend ourselves. But we, listen, we'll be back. We have Cash Jackson on the line. We're going to do an interview with the Libertarian candidate for governor. It's going to be very good. Please stay tuned after these messages. We'll be right back. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Everybody knows this is the Liberty Hour, each and every week, showing you Everybody it's not about the tribalism of different parties. That each, it seems to me that both the Republicans and the Democrats are, are braids, are two pieces of rope of the same braid of tyranny and, and failure. And no state represents that better than Illinois where it isn't Democrats that really raise your taxes, it's Republicans that cave to Democrats. Where the money is so interwoven, you have a governor who pretends to be a Republican in Bruce Rauner, but yet employed 
Rahm Emanuel for his two years that he didn't work in government where he amassed $16 million. Fundraisers, wine clubs, the, the corruption in Illinois, it's, it's such, so knotted that some people don't even want to untangle it. But uh, I will always recognize when people do. And one of my favorite uh, um, new libertarians I met is Cash Jackson, and it's not just because I love the name, because Cash, if this political thing doesn't work out, I say you go into country western music, it is killer. <laughs> so how are you today? I'm doing quite well. How are you, Sean? Good, good, and it was a pleasure. Um, Cash came out to uh, the Elmhurst Cigar House, which I own in downtown Elmhurst, cheap plug. Sean and, from Elmwood and, Park. And he came out and we met face-to-face, and we had a long, extensive conversation. I'll tell you the truth, Cash, I, did, I expected it to last, you know, 20 minutes. And we ended up spending a couple hours together where I got to know you, and really very impressed. I'm very impressed with you. Now, you know I just put my Genie Ive sticker on the back of my window because I really think that in, in this season, with what's going on, the stars are kind of aligned for a, uh, a long shot like Genie Ives to upset seven-foot-of-stupid Bruce Rauner. And I kind of want to get him. I, I recognized him for what he was, and I told you um, this week when we met, I take my ballot. And I file it blank. But um, I do like some of your positions. So why don't you go ahead and tell the people a little bit of the difference between um, our position. You know, and I say ours because you and I talk. I, I align with the Libertarian Party on, on 90% of the issues. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us how you'd fix things. Well, uh, you know what, uh, Sean? I, I mean, I don't know how many of your listeners are, are very familiar with the Libertarian Party and some of the principles that we stand uh, upon and kind of what uh, makes us different from Democrats and Republicans. And uh, what I found is that uh, many people confuse the, the term libertarian with liberal, and uh, the only aspect where we're liberal is on freedom. And um, and so many people have a, um, a, a bit of a misinterpretation of what a libertarian is. And essentially... Uh, we are, I believe, the truest form of what our founding fathers had envisioned in our party principles, where we maximize uh, freedom, personal individual freedom, not just group freedoms, but individual freedoms and liberties, and while seeking to, to minimize our government. And uh, in our state, that should really resonate with voters because, I mean, we've got over 7,000 units of local government, uh, extreme administrative bloat and political corruption is running rampant, as you mentioned earlier in your show. And uh, this is something that is long overdue. We need to shrink Illinois government substantially. So Bruce, and as far as I can tell, the Libertarian Party is the only party seeking to do that. So Bruce Rauner bailed out CPS, right? Bruce Rauner has right. one answer that it looks like to me, and that is to spend more. He promises to spend it more efficiently. It's kind of that Trump thing where I don't mind right. the debt. I don't mind the failure. I just want to be in charge because I can do it better. Um, and, and this week in the city of Chicago, you see the union guys walk around and, and, and unions in Illinois have a stronghold, have a stranglehold on employment, on contracts, on things that we underwrite, on their on their uh, performance, whether it's teacher union, whether it's a street union. Libertarians right. would not tolerate that, and ironically, neither would FDR. But anyway, uh, what what could we do? Let's say a miracle happens tomorrow, and you win. What could we do? What does the governor have the power, in essence, to change those kinds of things, or is it just written in such a machine way where we really can't? Well, I, I think that that 
If I were elected tomorrow, that is going to set the stage for some unprecedented uh, um, momentum within inside the, the the political machine here within Illinois. For far too long, you've had exactly that. You've had a, a, a Democratic machine controlling what's happening in Illinois politics. And uh, it's probably the most common question I get is, what are you going to do about Mike Madigan? What are you going to do about the Democratic machine? Look, in 2016, 60% of seats went unopposed in Illinois. 60%. Part of that is in large part due to the restriction on ballot access and the gerrymandering that's occurring in the state. If we were to uh, change those ballot access laws, so if, if I were to break 5%, for instance, mm-hmm. as a third-party candidate, mm-hmm. that is then going to allow our party to floor candidates throughout local seats. And if you want to lose that Democratic majority uh, sitting in the General Assembly, this is a great way to do it, but I don't think we're really exploring enough. You know, Cash- let third parties work their way in and, and start beginning to take those seats from them. Well, Cash, I like to think of a plan B and a plan C. It's just the way my head works, right? If plan A doesn't work, what is plan B and C? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you my position, all right, which is a little unusual kind of an interview, but I think it works. Here's what it is. In the event that Jeannie Ives, obviously, uh, not a lot of people know, your primary is different than the than the Republican-Democrat primary, too, isn't it? You're earlier, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. So, so we just have a state convention on March 3rd in Bloomington where um, uh, all present and, and registered libertarians who registered before November 2nd will select one of the three candidates that we have right now. So people like me who, are, who have been in the past I, 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 a registered Republican 10 years ago, I'm not a registered libertarian. I cannot go and influence you. Macbeth can't go and influence you. This is something you had right. to have been a party of. Okay, so now you're early, and let's say you win. God willing, you become the nominee of the of the Libertarian Party. Well, my plan is this. I am, as you know, and we talked, I've got you know Jeannie Ives on the back of the car and the cigar store, the whole nine yards, and I'm supporting her against Bruce Rounier. In the event she loses, can I then support you to get you over that 5%? Absolutely, yes. And, and, I, and you make a great point there, is that, look, um, it, whenever you line up the candidates, and, and I would agree with you that within the Republican Party, Jeannie Ives is your guys' best candidate. Bruce Rauner is Republican in name only. Um, and she's your, she is your guys' best candidate. Right. If she does not win in that primary uh, on March 20th, then... What's your next viable option for your guys' party and somebody that aligns closely to uh, conservative values? Um, I would be that candidate that would align the most closely on a, on a fiscal level mm-hmm. um, and, and just on a, uh, on a moral level. So I'm pro-life. I'm real big pro-constitution guy. Uh, I differentiate some on some social issues uh, that the Republicans don't necessarily align with. But... Um, where I, I align with I you. Sure. I don't care about marriage. I don't care about it. I don't think government has right. any business in the licensing of love. I think it's a scam right. where they're trying to social engineer us through uh, made-up benefits. And all you have to do is look at half of the assembly members to realize their wives are beards anyway. That's beside the point. <laughs> um, so in the event that Jeannie Ives loses, I am going to advocate for you. And now let's say you win that Libertarian Party, and here we go. And historically, what's the most voting percentage that the Libertarians have got? Um, I believe right around 4.9% with Julie Fox. 
All right, listen. Gonna... She ran for, I uh, believe, Illinois Comptroller. So in the event that Jeannie Ives wins and she goes on and the campaign is going on, what is your position? Will you then, how are you, are you going to, I mean, you recognize now that you can work best with, with Jeannie versus uh, Pritzker, who looks a lot like Rosie O'Donnell. It, it, you'd be better off with Jeannie than Pritzker, or we as libertarians, or we who, who believe in freedom, we would be better off. Is that correct? Well, yeah, I, I mean, that's the belief system that I have. I, right. I definitely believe that Jeannie Ives would be better over uh, a J.B. Pritzker. Um, I, I mean, that, the tapes alone say enough about what his intentions are and the direction that he's going. Oh. And uh, while I, I don't agree with Jeannie on, on several different issues, uh, you know, the way that she attacks things fiscally and, and what have you, I, I definitely align with her um, right. In, in that regard. Well, see, here at the Liberty Hour, we like a plan, and we have a plan. Cash, I want to thank you so much for calling in. I really wish you well, and I know a lot of us do. So thank you so much for calling the Liberty Hour. I really do appreciate it, and we're going to keep an eye on it, and uh, we'll have you back, okay? All right, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. If you care to participate in the show, give us a call here at 312-642-5600. See, Macbeth? Well, I didn't want to jump in there, but uh, yeah, when he you, says Browner's a Republican in name only, I think that's even, like, there are letters falling off of the sign That's exactly. He's a ruh. We don't even want to go into the scarecrow. We will be back after these messages. Sean now at 312-642-5600. This is the Liberty Hour. Each and every week, um, really fighting off tyranny at every single level, on every single unalienable right. And inalienable? That's why I brought my wiffle ball It's back. actually unalienable. And, I, you know, there's, that, there's a little discrepancy. People say uh-huh, in, it's uh-huh. un. Uh-huh. Anyway, Macbeth, you know the best part about Cash Jackson? He will never hire his wife for $150,000 to take notes like Diane Rauner. I, mean, I don't know that that can aud- be proved. Let's give him a shot. The audacity. No, he's not married. The audacity. Well, the audacity of a guy worth hundreds of millions of dollars who each year makes $50, 60000000 $70 dollars. And I, I love when people make money. I am not envious, covetous. I, I love he's a capitalist, even though I think he's a corporatist, but that's for a later show. The idea that you would make the people of Illinois, a state that is so cash-strapped it can't pay its own bills, pay your wife $150,000, and, by the way, she gets an assistant, we should have ripped him out of office when that happened. And that was the first thing he did. I mean, if we're going to give her that kind of money, somebody get her a makeup artist, for God's sakes. All right, let's go to Jim. He's on the line. Jim from, I think this is Jim from South Elgin, am I right? Yes, sir. How are you? Hey, good, Jim. What do you got going on? Well, I uh, went to an event on Friday for Jeannie Ives down at the Union League Club. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was about 30 people, but she got a check for six figures from somebody who was matching some other donations. That's wonderful. Here's the thing. Yeah. People are disgusted. So I had a little get-together in my uh, cigar store on Saturday. Amish Texter came, Andy Davis's ball, Babette Holder, Candace from DuPage. We had a great time, okay? And what happened is there were a lot of people, or there were some people there who didn't know what was going on. They were just some regular customers I have in there. And we started to discuss the state of our, of our, of our state. 
and the ridiculous way it's run and the lying, the bald face lying advertisements by Bruce Rauner and company. Because what happened oh, yeah. is I logged on my internet and up comes that edited video where he takes um, it, it, debate questions from Jeannie Ives. And, and the editing is so bad that my wife, Jim, who doesn't pay attention, she could care less about any of this. She saw the commercial and said it is so obvious that that's edited. It's despicable. And that, that other Republicans, and here's the sickening part. I expect a fraud and a liar to lie and cheat. That's what I expect them to do, so it doesn't surprise me when Rauner does it. But what does surprise me is when fake Republicans who have been telling me what great guys they are, who ran for governor, and I went to Bill Brady's event, he sits there on his derriere in his office hoping nobody calls. And Durkin and these other frauds who've been walking around neighborhoods and have been, you know, oh, I'm going to fight for you. I'm conservative. Where's Peter Roskam with that kazoo-like head? You think he'd come out? Now, here's a congressman. He could say what's going on in my state is despicable. Where a sitting governor has betrayed everything that I stand for as a Republican, as a conservative, refuses to say Donald Trump's name. All of the things bailed out CPS, his whole agenda, spend more money. And then that, that, the, the beauty queen wife of his with the $150,000 a year job. Has he said anything? Or how about the other guy, Adam Kinzinger in his jumpsuit? Did he say a word about anything? They're all mums the word. You know why, Jim? They like the scam and they like the failure. And they get the money from the money from the bankers who make money on Illinois' failure. Because that's what Bruce Rauner was. There's no better position than lending a failed state like Illinois money because you're making three times the revenue. So just keep it failing and keep selling that pitch that you got the answers. If only we could get Madigan out. It has nothing to do with Madigan. He's just the figurehead of a corrupt machine. When that hood ornament goes away, the machine keeps going. You notice on Jaguars, they, just still, they don't put the hood ornaments on any, anymore. And you know what? They run more efficient than they did in the 70s when they broke down. The machine will run forever because none of these people are talking about breaking it except for Jeannie Ives, except for a guy like Cash Jackson. The problem is the libertarians, for the, for the most part, they don't have the support to do it. But one thing I like about them, He's a realistic kid, and he understands. I kid, he's, he's my age, for God's sake. That's just a bad habit. But he, he understands. Himself. He understands it's the yeah. issues more than the party, and that's what we need to do. So, Jim, listen, thank you so much. I really do thank appreciate you. you calling the show. All right, let's go to uh, Steve. Steve, thank you so much for calling the show. I hit the buttons. I probably did something wrong. Steve, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, listen, we all know not uh, – Every the whole state is corrupt. County is corrupt. State is corrupt. Hold on, Steve. Steve, Small do we village, all know? Uh, do we really all know? Are corrupt. Wait, Steve. Do Where we Where re- is you, you, the you, cowboy with the white hat? Run over you. <laughs> no, listen. We all know. I'm sorry. So you, you, you know what it is, Steve? You say we all know, and here's what I say to you. Steve. Yeah. No. I drive- but listen to me. Listen to me. Right. Where is the cowboy <laughs> with the white hat that's going to come in? You have the FBI downtown. You have the Illinois right. Bureau of Investigation. Steve. Nobody's doing nothing. They're sitting on their hands. Steve, come have, on. You, have you watched Jeannie Ives in, in the State House for three years? I'm voting for her. You're a and good man. And my whole family is voting. See? That's why I love Steve. And Steve, thank you. Every week he calls out. I'll tell you what. We're going to have to give him a T-shirt. If we ever get T-shirts... I love McBath. his enthusiasm. You get Steve a T-shirt, for God's sakes. Joe Walsh has T-shirts. i got to get T-shirts. But Joe Walsh has new mugs, too. That's the thing about Jeannie Ives. For three years, she's been consistent on every level. So 
Rauner can't beat her on the issues, so he has to make up the lies. He's a disgrace. He really is. This is the Liberty Hour. We'll be back after this. I want to get to the tariffs and the nonsense and the fraud. All right, we'll be back. You're listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. I like the song, McBeth. Get on the line with Sean by calling your bookie. (laughs) Oh, that's so wrong. Listen, one thing that's happened and one thing The Liberty Hour recognizes, that six of the eight Obama years who spent the money, who doubled the debt, Republicans. Illinois, who raises your taxes? Republicans. What was Herbert Hoover? Well, you can go back with Illinois. You know, Edgar with the uh, oh. kicking the can down with the. Uh, about the other guy was a Republican too with the and... tolls. It's only oh, going to yeah. take four years. Yeah, How's right. that feel for every trucker driving through Illinois? Yeah, those were supposed to be paid off before I was born. You know, for the infrastructure, <laughs> you know, for the roads and the bridges and the potholes and the same infrastructure that Trump's big idea spending a trillion? No, 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 no. That was before the State of the That's Union. That's jump change. No, now it's a trillion five. Why not make it two? Let's just keep going, because it's the Republicans that put the nail in your coffin. And until we start giving them, a, you know, a cleansing them out, I almost got the little, you know, graphic yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say enema. Well, until, we give the, until we give the Republican Party an enema, we're, we get, we're not going to get rid of this kind of nonsense. We and went from a chump change to enemas. Trump change. Yeah, well, it's late, it's late oh, night. We can yeah. see. One of the, the, the things that have been driving me insane is when Republicans refuse to recognize the failures of decades ago. Herbert Hoover a Republican businessman. Not only he, he enacted on a stock market crash and implemented policies in order to help us that have been argued and have been proven to extend something called the Great Depression oh, yeah. to World War II. Yeah. And how, what was, his, along main, by Roosevelt's policies what was his main staple? Does anybody know out there? Anybody? It was to protect employment through tariffs, right? Because that's when the scam of a deficit of trade deficits happen. And I hear people repeat it from Uber drivers to economists to guys who used to call themselves Reagan economists like Stephen Moore. And he, to his defense, he does still argue against tariffs. But a big one happened this week. Yeah, but I he's know, arguing for a VAT. Exactly. Huh. Well, it's, uh, that's crazy. Too. We'll take I, Stephen Moore on it another yeah, time. Some other day. But let's just address the fact of what Trump did. And that's a 25% tariff on steel and a 10% tariff on aluminum. Now, the reason he did it is because he needs the union vote. And he wants to act as if he's protecting their jobs. And that is a short-sighted view, because it may protect the couple of thousand, I don't care if it's 20,000, steel workers and their salesmen who are selling overpriced steel due to their own failures in business, their labor costs and all that nonsense. But what it does is it it gives you that short-sighted vision of success. Oh, look, we saved these jobs. But there is a ramification there. That goes all the way to your real estate value. And that is, it creates cost increases for all construction, for all new construction. 
So let's go to the clip. This was on Bloomberg. And I like Bloomberg from time to time. I don't like the little guy who wants to take my guns, but I like the show. Give me the clip. Well, the problem with putting steel tariffs on the on the upstream part of the steel industry is that there are tens of millions of jobs downstream of basic steel. And there's only about 80,000 jobs in the steel industry. So you're putting at risk all of the downstream steel buyers and users if you put tariffs on the upstream products. And you know what doesn't get talked about? This was the idea of Hillary Clinton. This is exactly what Barack Obama implemented on the tire industry. This is the idea of all Keynesians, right? And what their idea is, is to pretend to have a strong economy through collective manipulation by, by the government. This is manipulation by the government to affect in our economy, to affect these 80,000 jobs. But what he's not thinking of is the two-dimensional, three-dimensional, four-dimensional vision of what happens when you increase the cost, the base cost of a material. Now, we're just talking steel. 10% on aluminum. Everything Everything's made is of aluminum. aluminum. Yep. Your phone... Your Everything. cans, the lining so, inside your so, thermos. So for these people, and listen, the, the, the vast majority of us struggle month to month. I know I, I still do struggle month to month, whether your house is paid off, whether you have a business, whether you employ people or you're an employee. The idea that, that a policy can be implemented and touted as a success because it saves 80,000 jobs when it affects the tens of millions of jobs that we all need to purchase these items. See, the, the idea is we've wrapped around this, this virtue of a manipulated economy, and we get behind government spending. We get behind fake spending. Right. And we get behind fake jobs. Well, and that artificial, that artificial holding up all those jobs artificially does essentially just take a slice out of many, many more people and then combine We're subsidizing that into it. You the, cannot the United create. States. Yeah, you cannot create by government policy. Creation You're subsidizing. The market. You need the market behind it. And, and the country was built, and the best thing is always for competition and for, for the consumer to strive. Okay, we got a guy who I love when I say someone says I'm wrong. Let's go to this guy right away. I hate making him wait. Patrick, how are you, buddy? Thanks for calling the show. You might be wrong, but I like you. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thank you. That's the story of my All Sunday right. night. Hoover was, an, <laughs> Hoover was an engineer. You're right. He, he, he wasn't a businessman. He uh, was an engineer, and he thought he could fix everything. And I, I just hope that Trump doesn't fall into that trap. Patrick, he, he had a very successful engineering company. You're right. He was an engineer. And, and, and he thought, and he was without a doubt a progressive. He thought that, that the smart people could fix everything and make everything perfect. And it didn't work out in the end. The only thing that's going to save us is a president who has a fundamental understanding that what makes Americans thrive is a separation of the economy and state. The idea that we are getting the same old nonsense, I think, sickens me. You can, it's not that long ago that we saw the tariffs and the ramifications to Patrick, to Macbeth, to me, to the guy driving Uber. It's not good for us, and it's sold as good. Just like these phony numbers he's touting. I think this the only the thing that will save us is an uh, existential threat. <laughs> Apparently you're right. Thank you. This is the Liberty Hour. We'll be back right after this. Thank you so much. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. 
This is the Liberty Hour. Each and every week, defending liberty, rejecting tyranny, even when it's sold by Republicans. Now, I was looking up, um, you know, we did such a good job last week, Macbeth, in, in, in the Keystone Bureau of Investigation. Yeah. And to, and to find out this week. Oh, it just we, gets worse. All that we didn't know. More than two tip-offs to the FBI. There's more like five. Yeah. Girls that knew him. And, and, and my brain works like this. Exactly what does an FBI agent make? So you know what I did, Macbeth, when you were uh, going outside or whatever it is you do out there? I looked up. Do you know what the budget is for the FBI? I'm scared to know. $8.77 billion. Oh, that's not much. The average, I'm talking about average FBI agent, 68 thousand nine hundred and ninety three dollars in salary and you couldn't find a guy with his elliot ness tie on and his cheap boxy suit to go talk to somebody here see my problem is if we're not going to correct the failures then let's just stop pretending that that there's a difference because the the notion that 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 we pretend that that Mueller didn't screw up the anthrax investigation he cost us five million in a settlement that when you look at exactly what is it that if you don't have this where you can't investigate, when you have these kind of tip-offs and you have the Broward County Police Department where they're hiding before they go in, why are we justifying to just keep doing the same thing? Yeah, so I don't know if hiding's fair, but yeah. Hiding. I mean, Listen, the Washington... Well, uh, I, I've got the articles. I've got the articles. The Washington Post, the, the New York... I mean, I'm sorry, the New York Post, the Washington Times, yeah. each one of them... Three, four. Do we still can't get an answer? The Florida uh, legislator votes to to kick out the the uh, the deputy or the sheriff, because what you're finding out is this isn't a, a problem with guns. This is a problem with incompetence, neglect of duty is what he's charged with. So the idea that they fail and we pay the cost means that there is no repercussion on government for its failure. In fact, what happens is they become stronger. Do you think the budget's going to go up that that, uh, baseline 3% as compounded? Do you think there's more spending in for polices? Remember all that time when when, when, um, Barack was the president and we were giving him more weapons? What happened to all the weapons? What happened to the fancy vehicles? You keep giving money, you're not solving problems. And they both have the same plan, and that's to spend more money and just pretend that, that it's changing things. The idea that we're not investigating every one of these FBI guys, where does the call go? Wasn't Mueller uh, on for Richard Jewell, too, with the 96 bombing in at, uh, Atlanta? Where well, it was Eric Rudolph, but then they went after this Richard Jewell guy forever. I think it it's crucially important that you realize him and Comey were the investigators. I think I don't have it in front of me, but I think his name is Hetfield. Um, the scientist that for the anthrax. So outrageous was their investigation that, they, that the the, the country awarded him five million four point six nine million dollars and all of a sudden this guy is the picture of virtue you know we didn't even talk about the fact that uh, i don't like manafort if you listen to when i fill in joe walsh he was part of the torturers lab- lobby for five decades he's everything wrong with government he is a lobbyist who, who through his political connection prostitutes and misuses the power of government i think he's a scoundrel but do i think he's being wrongfully uh, targeted for this Absolutely. Absolutely. I, don't. I don't like him either. And him and Roger no, no, Stone I and Black I don't like him. scumbags. I have no, no opinion on the scumbags. guy. But, uh, but here's the problem with a corrupt institution. You break your life, you go to jail. Here's the problem with a corrupt institution. They pick when they want to come after you. Oh, of course. You. Not if they're going to. Oh, know. yeah, it's the Bogoyevich syndrome. Here. If, if, uh, 
if Paul Manafort would have been a consultant to Hillary Clinton, you think he'd be investigated? Absolutely not. Right because now as bad be. as Paul Manafort is, he's not half as bad as the Clinton Foundation. Guess what? What? Your show's over. Oh, but we're not going to talk about how they were the crossing guards for Uranium One? Uh, we'll do it next week. I had a great time. I hope you did. Macbeth's a little tired. My back is out, but I had fun. We'll be back next week. Liberty Hour. Thank you so much. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home.